0: Thank you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and inner standing. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn.
1: Oh, thank you for tuning in to Divine Nobody's podcast. How you doing, Jen?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I we have entered a new era of time and possibilities and potentials. I've entered into 2022. Yep. How do you feel? The
0: 2022 portal. Um, actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, this year's the- off to a good start.
1: Yeah, Off to a good start. A lot of changes happening, of course, for both yep. of us. 2021 was a phenomenal year filled with lots of different types of changes, growth, spiritual growth. Obviously, we were doing the podcast during that time. We learned a lot. We wanted to spend some time today with you guys. Welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in and meeting you guys here on the other, other end of the portal that we just entered into 2022. How was your New Year's, by the way?
0: It was really fun. I actually had a really great New Year's. Really? What did you Um, do? Yeah. So a friend of ours is a big, big time gambler um, and he's mega rich. So the hotels, they invite their whales. They're like whale gamblers to um, big parties. So um, he couldn't go this year because he had COVID. So he gave us his tickets and we went and it was like a magical wonderland. I mean, everybody was dressed up in costumes, like mystical creatures. And um, the room was decorated like just beautifully at the end of dinner, they, um, so it was like a seven course dinner and you sit down and, you know, eat with a bunch of strangers, but they have um, performers on the whole time and searches the lay people. And then uh, Bruno Mars came out and did the countdown. Bruno and Mars. And sang a couple songs. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wow. was really cool. I didn't know whales then- liked to
1: party like that.
0: Yeah, they liked to party. Um, so and apparently I like to party, too, because, uh, of course, everything, you know, is free. So uh, I really took advantage of that. So I had one of every single cocktail that they offered.
1: <laughs> and and go out with the uh,
0: had the worst. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, it ruined my Saturday. I'll tell you that like, <laughs> I, I had the worst hangover I think I've ever had. I was, I was having wine and margaritas and martinis and, you know, shit that just really does not go together. Celebrating um, life. But the best part was um, the end of the night, they brought us dessert. Dessert was a giant crystal ball made of sugar. Um, but it was like clear you could see through it and it, it said um, the hotel we were at was Aria so it had like Aria in on the inside and there was a giant dragon claw on top that was also made of sugar and then it was like on on a bed of moss and it had dragon eggs um, filled with custards Around what? this, like crystal ball, it was amazing. What yeah. is this
1: witchcraft, Jen?
0: Oh my god, it was so good! <laughs> and these little chocolate dragon eggs, like full of different custards. Oh, it was lovely. Did anyway. you take any
1: pictures? That looks cool. I did,
0: yeah, yeah, I'll send you some.
1: Oh, yeah, it was like really one great. It's the only time in your life where you actually get to consume witchcraft,
0: right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> did you feel like a wizard afterwards?
0: Mm, I felt like, um, really out of place, <laughs> really. I felt like everybody knew that we didn't belong there, but because <laughs> we can were just you define
1: like, can you define uh, what exactly is a whale because when you tell me whale I just think of like the whales that they have out in the ocean
0: um whales are men that have uh, men or women that have uh more money than sense and are willing to freely gamble it away um, oh I see yeah the casinos call them whales like because they know as soon as they come in they're just gonna be like, spouting money.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So they're just sort of like these larger than life uh, sort of uh, characters that have a bunch of money to spend and Maybe Mm -hmm. throughout the year, they don't have a whole lot of people to spend it with. So they just throw a huge party so everybody gets together.
0: Kind of. It's more like an appreciation for these whales uh, because, you know, the casinos are big and beautiful and decorated like beautifully with, you know, the best of the best of everything. And it's not because people are winning, right? So the casino odds are always in the casino's favor. I think it's more of an appreciation these whales come in and spend a bunch of money and probably don't win nearly as much as they lose. Yeah. So at the end of the year it's just like to keep them coming back, right? That's like all cool. the special perks. Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: That was a nice nice time to celebrate. I actually mine was uh very very different from yours. I ended up catching and I want to know what your thoughts are on this Jen because I feel like I caught the covid. I feel like I caught the rona. Okay, long story short, I ended up spending New Year's at home because I was sick, right? Got sick directly after uh, Christmas. I don't know exactly how I got it because I was one of those people that was playing it safe the entire time, had my N95, masked up twice, and uh, I still managed to get it. So right when I ended up getting sick, I ended up taking a a collection of about two PCR tests, three rapid tests, all of them came back negative, but I just don't remember colds feeling the way it felt during that time. It was the onset of symptoms that were entirely different. That's the only reason why I feel like it may have been, if anything, Omicron. And you know what they say about Omicron is it's uh, maybe one of those things that are a little bit more difficult to catch on a rapid test or a PCR test. And it was just the, the onset of symptoms that was very unique and interesting. I don't remember Colts feeling that way. So I've been dealing with being sick for pretty much a couple of weeks. And um, for anybody that's listening, just of course wanted to apologize. We've been out of the game with the podcast, one, because of the holidays. I wanted some time to take a break and spend time with family, which I think a lot of other podcasts are doing that, as did that as well. But at the same time, I ended up getting sick. I wasn't of no use. I wasn't able to get behind a microphone. I was coughing. Jen will tell you, I was not feeling very well. So I appreciate your guys' patience during that process. We're back up and running. We're going to get this uh, machine going for 2022. We have a lot of amazing things in store. But yeah, I ended up up getting sick. I ended up staying at home. So I spent New Year's at home, which ended up actually being really fun. I was with my partner. And uh, during that time, on the actual day of New Year's uh, was up we ended up feeling pretty good. so we ended up um, having enough energy to go and take a take a walk outside down Colorado Boulevard where you know, because we're in Pasadena, they uh, have the Rose Parade that happens every year. If you're not familiar with the Rose Parade, a lot of people come from out of town to uh, camp out overnight in order to see the Rose Parade on New Year's Day and uh, walked out there. And it was a really, really surreal experience, Jen. because I've lived in Pasadena for over a decade. And this was the first and only time I've actually seen Colorado Boulevard pretty empty. There weren't a whole lot of people out there camping, you know? Wow. Yeah. So it was almost like you, you, you get the sense that things are different, things are changing had it sort of had this like post-apocalyptic vibe where it's like what once was there is not there anymore and the people that were there camping out with their families just sort of had this look on their face of like wow this is not at all the same as it used to be although it was kind of like an enjoyable experience we still walked out there and then during new year's we just you know kissed in front of a target
0: Aww, that's cute. because <laughs> it
1: just happened to be on the street that we we uh, were walking down but yeah we just took like a nice stroll Ended up spending time at home because we weren't feeling very well. But, you know, we made the best of that experience, and it was fun.
0: That's nice.
1: It's like like when you get sick, you want to take that as an opportunity to kind of be with yourself, take care of yourself. And because it was New Year's, we also had time to reflect on life, and this is going to be the, Mm -hmm. the subject that we wanted to cover today. Because me and Jen are both very introspective people that have also been going through a lot of changes in our lives, especially in 2021, So we wanted to uh, dedicate this episode to lessons that we had learned in 20 from 2021 as just uh, as individuals, but also as a podcast as well, and just sort of make way for 2022, the next day, the year that we're in. See what else we can learn along this process together. But I think getting into uh, reflection. I think would be fun.
0: I think so too. When I was making this list, it was very, very easy for me. I felt like I didn't even need to put a lot of thought into it. It was almost like when you're channeling a message and um, stuff just starts flowing in so fast that I wasn't able to type fast enough to keep up with it. I probably could have done 20 lessons that I learned rather than 10. I don't know if you had the same experience, but.
1: I had a difficult time trying to consolidate the list. Me too. Because within every lesson is another lesson, and it just becomes this fractal mm-hmm. thing where it's just lessons on top of lessons, and because and, and, uh, I'm a very, very introspective person, so I had a hard time trying to like. I mean, my list is already fucking huge just to begin with. But yeah, there are a lot of things that I learned in 2021. And even as we go throughout this podcast, we probably aren't going to get to all of them. We're going to go over the ones that I feel like are important to cover. So let's go in order here, Jen. Why don't you go first? Something that you learned
0: in 2021. All right. So, and this is not in order. I mean, this is just how they were kind of coming to me. Um, Not the most important, but I still think important. I think 2021 brought to light a lot of the things that we do with our body and how unhealthy people really are. It really shined a light on how unhealthy I was as well. I didn't really exercise as much as I needed to. I didn't really eat nutritious and healthy foods. Uh, a lot of just like garbage, not eating regularly, drinking too much alcohol, just like kind of overindulging in all the things in, in 2020 and 2021 because I was locked in my house, right? So you find comfort in you know alcohol and food. So, um, yeah, so that was my number one was to be more health conscious and uh, more conscious of what I am putting in my body.
1: Yeah, that's a good I one. I, I think that's true yeah. because like I think the, the pandemic kind of pulled the floor from underneath pretty much everybody. We had to learn an entirely mm-hmm. new way of living, although we've been doing this for the last couple of years. But this is a process, you know, even to think like we've been doing this pandemic thing for two years. God. That's not really a I long time. It gonna take our, our world quite a bit of time to adjust to this change as we're continuing to adjust to it two years isn't really a whole lot of time so I think how what you're talking about plays out is once everything changed and everybody had to spend more time at home all those things that you become unconscious of throughout your life just on your day-to day become a lot more noticeable to you because you're not uh, uh, substituting your experience with something that happens outside you're spending a lot more time at home. I feel like those bad habits are something that become a little bit more apparent. As time goes by. And I noticed for me it was the same thing. It's so easy to fall into a, some type of depression because of what's going on. That can lead to unhealthy eating patterns or not treating yourself very good. Mm-hmm. So I would say that would probably be something that I learned as well, which is like you had to learn how to move with the punches and not give in to despair, especially because there's a whole lot going on and treating yourself good.
0: Find a little balance. You know, I was just like tipping the scale way too far on the indulgence side. Um, <laughs> rather than, you know, being conscious about that. So I set up a full gym in my house. I have my Pilates machine and treadmill and bike and weight bench and all of that. So you know it has been, almost been like, waking up early and exercising. You know, you know
1: it's almost like, you know, maybe, maybe people treated it like this. You know how like when you go on a road trip and you're with your friends or you're with your partner and you have a destination in mind, maybe, maybe for example, I'm, I would be going from here to, to Vegas to go and see you. And you know, that's going to be a temporary period of time. But on the way there, when you're in your car, you're listening to an amazing soundtrack, but you're you're going and you're snacking on all of these really delicious, but, you know, are really, really bad for you, gas station snacks and food items. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, the gas station, the combos.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The combos. Oh, oh my God, those are nasty. the
0: The combos, the sour worms.
1: Combos I sound. Yeah, but, I, uh, combos sound better than they actually taste in my mind. They've always been one of those things where it's nuts. like, oh, combos. Let me get those, and I get the combos, and they're fucking disgusting after like five minutes.
0: Oh, the pizza ones. Yeah, oh, so gnarly. <laughs> yeah, and then the ranch flavored corn nuts. And I, I you don't eat meat, but I like beef jerky. I get yeah. that too. Sour worms. Yeah. yeah. So I
1: mean, what, what? All the I mean gas station is garbage, garbage. Is, is. I think <laughs> maybe we thought that the pandemic was almost going to be like a road trip. It's like, okay, we get to stay home. And party. And let's just eat some snacks. It's going to end eventually, right? Mm. Once you get to your destination, and we finally got to our destination, we realized, oh, my God, we're still in the pandemic. We can't continue eating road snacks. This isn't exactly just an event it. anymore. This is a lifestyle. So I think everybody kind of what you considered what the the COVID
0: No, the COVID-19. The (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah, the COVID-19 pounds. (laughs) There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember Mm -hmm. when you brought that up. It's like, yeah, I think everybody was on that same boat. I think everybody's sort of like, we're trying to find some way to assuage the pain through things like food. But Mm -hmm. I think at some point we realized, okay, this is going to be going on for a while. We need to like learn to integrate and uh, treat ourselves a little better. So that's a good one.
0: I kind of started actually at the end of 2021 because I knew that I didn't, I wanted to be able to fit into a new year's dress and, you know, not feel uncomfortable. You know, when you put on a little weight, it just feels like a little harder to breathe and, you know, you get winded so much faster. And I don't know, I'm a small person. So even 10 pounds makes a big difference on me.
1: Well, that's good. That's good. So I, I, so so the one that I have, and we'll just go ahead and take turns here, Jen, which was uh, accepting change and surrendering to life. This is a really big one because all of us uh, are in this boat just in different ways, accepting change, obviously, because change is happening right now. A lot of these things involved me accepting my age and the sort of social, uh, social changes that come along with getting older. I'm uh, not talking like I'm yeah. like super old, but I'm not, I'm still in my thirties, but observing everybody around me changing in my family, in my friendships is something really, really surreal to experience because I'm at that age where people are starting families, having children and moving on with their lives. You know, friend groups that I'm still very, very close with are finding their way as sort of like an independent unit with their families and being able to experience that is really beautiful but it's also very surreal because we think that certain moments that we have will last forever with the uh, you know groups of people that we spent all of our time with and then mm-hmm. life starts to change and people get older and their responsibilities and their goals in life start to change and it's a really beautiful thing but that also involves letting go of how you remember those relationships and that can be a really beautiful bittersweet type of experience. I think uh, how that applies to me is that same thing goes for myself, which is, you know, uh, finding a different trajectory in my life and accepting the fact that it is natural for a human being to change and explore new things.
0: Absolutely. Sorry. I laughed in in the middle of what you were saying. I just got like a vision in my head of one of my girlfriends was just wild as hell. Like probably one of the wildest people that I knew. Yeah. I mean, if there was an opportunity for her to flash her tits or chug a beer or, you know, whatever. I mean, she was the first one doing that. Um, We lived together for a couple of years as well. And she would drink, you know, vodka waters for breakfast before work. I mean, she was just wild. And now she's a mom. And she's a completely different person. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I think about her then and, you know, see her now as a mother and, you know, really grounded and really, you know, uh, taking, how do I say this? Uh, really enjoying the experience of motherhood and being a good example, setting a good example. And believe me, she never set a good example for a fucking soul in her life before. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh yeah. Yeah. I Nobody feel like, her.
1: and I, I go back to this sort of idea in my mind all the time, which is this idea that reincarnation exists in life while we're still breathing. It isn't just something that we experience at death. I feel like I've lived hundreds of different lifetimes in the life that I'm currently in. Mm -hmm. When I think back of who I was five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, I look at myself as an entirely different person. There's parts of me that can identify with who I used to be. Um, There's parts of me that can. But it's interesting how we change and we think that we're always going to be the same person. But there's a beauty to that whole process of of change that I think we don't really give enough credit to, which is that change needs to happen in order for us to learn from certain experiences. You know, we can't always stay the same. And so... What ends up happening is we we end up uh, living so so many alternate different lives and dying within the same period of time and then being reborn somebody entirely different. And I know that when I think about those experiences, there was always things to learn. I give gratitude to those experiences because without those, I wouldn't be who I am today. But I think this year or this last year specifically, a lot more change than I had gone through in the past. I've seen people around me passing. People have passed away. I've seen COVID sort of reshape the way that we connect and we adapt with other people. I've, I've uh, let go of people I thought would always be there, but aren't there anymore. I'm just acknowledging that for growth to happen, change must happen, both spiritual and physical. Absolutely. So accepting change and surrendering to life and just it, it, accepting that, accepting that life is about change and surrender and being open to all of the changes that happen. And if you're able to be open to it, you can look back and show just tremendous amounts of gratitude for everything that you've ever experienced because you will have acknowledged and understood that change must happen. You're not always holding on and always wanting to be exactly the same. Nobody would want to be the same forever. So it's interesting that we yeah, have people agreed. in life that that approach the idea of change in such a negative way.
0: And they and they even use those words like, oh, you've changed. Yeah. And it's like, of course, have, everyone should change.
1: Like like as if it's like a negative thing. It, it, and, and of course, as you change, the, the the associations that you have with other people change. And that may involve mm-hmm. letting people go that you no longer resonate with. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: I remember uh, a friend I had in college and uh, I finished college before she did and, you know, kind of started growing up and, you know, I had a full-time job and bought a house and, you know, was doing all the things. I wasn't like her party buddy anymore. I wasn't available to just drop everything and, you know, go out on a Tuesday, Tuesday night, you know? And uh, I remember her saying that to me. she was like, "Oh, you've changed, and everyone, everyone notices it." And I'm like, "Why? Because I'm like growing up because I'm more responsible i just couldn't couldn't quite wrap, wrap my head around it, but I remember feeling so defensive, you know yeah. but um change isn't something you need to feel defensive about yeah, and everyone changes as long as you're changing for the better, right and you know. You know if you're changing in the right direction or not, if you're really being honest with yourself.
1: And it's so much easier to accept change when we don't identify so strongly to the people that we used to be or the past. You know, mm-hmm. I noticed maybe that person that yeah. you're talking about, I obviously see that as a projection. She's upset mm-hmm. because you are not fitting within the box that she saw you in. And so mm-hmm. that is a hurt. That hurts to her. You know so she's not at all considering how what sort of trajectory that you happen to be on and I think this is the the sort of compassion that needs to take place when it comes to addressing other people which is accepting the needs and wants of other people if it is if, if, if they're intent, if they end up changing and they end up uh, being somebody different then you should respect that and honor that because that's life absolutely so that was my that was right. uh, accepting changes running trail life What else you got,
0: Jen? Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, my next one is learning how to slow down and enjoy my time alone. I've always really enjoyed my time alone, but um, the slowing down part is really something I struggled with in the beginning. My life before 2020 was every single weekend, you know, uh, I had things planned from Thursday to Sunday nonstop, you know, multiple trips on the books for, you know, months in advance and birthday parties and You know, social gatherings and this and that. I mean, it was just nonstop. Right. And then 2020 hit and everything stopped. And then my social calendar, you know, was wiped clean and uh, I was forced to just be by myself, you know, and not have that that feeling of, I don't want to say like being in the rat race, but um, that's kind of what it felt like, you know, like running on the hamster wheel, like not really getting anywhere, doing a lot of things, but not really going anywhere, if that makes sense. It was, it was a nice time over the last couple of years to take a break and, you know, moved away from California and moved, you know, to another city where I don't have any friends here and I don't really know anyone. So that really kind of helped extend 2020 into 2021 and um, extend that slowdown. And it's been a really good thing for me. I really, really needed the break Mm -hmm. and um, things are a lot more clear.
1: It's such a huge contrast because I was there with you during those times and I knew you. um, I've known you for a long time. And I'd always known you back then to be a very business-oriented type of woman. You're a very, very career-driven type of woman. I mean, you've owned businesses. You were always traveling for work. It seemed like something that was occupying a lot of your time. You had a very, very active sort of social circle in Orange County. And that's cool. And that was just sort of the vibe that you were on. But I did notice that when you came to uh, Nevada... And then obviously you switched careers that entire, all of that entirely changed the way that you sort of like, uh, navigate through your life. Seeing those changes has been like a really surreal and beautiful thing because it's so completely opposite from what I remember you being. This is a perfect example of accepting change because you are diametrically opposite to that life that you were in.
0: Oh yeah. I went from never being home to being home all the time. Like I'm at home more than I'm away from home unless it's for work. So which kind of led me into my New Year's resolution. It kind of goes hand in hand because that move from California changed a lot of my um, friend relationships too and uh, changed my thoughts about my relationships with other people. So um, my New Year's resolution, and I know this is kind of like off the beaten path, but was to be more cognizant of my connections and focus my time and my energy on the people that are important and are really aligned to me and the path that I'm on. And then spend less time with the people that just aren't. It's been really interesting because the the friends that I could have kind of like predicted would stay around did. I think it's been good. I feel like I don't feel pulled in multiple directions anymore. I feel like very focused and feel like my relationships are better and deeper and more meaningful.
1: And how has that been? Because I know you you used to know a lot of people. I don't know if you probably still know those people, but you used to have a, I remember going to a lot of your different gatherings and meeting so many different, I always felt like I always met new people every time I hung out with you. And then yeah. kind of limiting that down to um, what your new, new year's resolution is, which is, you know, spending more time on people that you have those deeper connections with. How has that been sort of like uh, reducing that number of people down to maybe like a select few?
0: It's less stressful for sure. I feel less pressure because I always honor my commitments. And if someone invites me to something, you know, and I accept, um, I'll definitely go. I'm not going to be a person that cancels last minute or doesn't show up or says they're gonna come and they don't. So it's been a lot, a lot less stressful and less yeah. pressure. And now I only do things that I want to do and only go places that I want to go um, in the time that I want to do it. You know, my dad gave me some really good advice years ago. I was dating this guy. He sent me a plane ticket to come out and visit him because he lived in another state and I didn't really want to go. And I was telling my dad, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm packing. I'm gonna go. You know, on this trip. I don't really want to go though. And he said, Jennifer, you're an adult. Don't go if you don't want to go. Oh. and I was like oh shit, he's right. I am an adult. I don't have to go if I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's funny. It was, even though it's so simple, right? Uh, sure. It was such great advice and it really resonated at the time. And I ended up canceling my trip, um, which was something really unusual for me, but you know, saying no and, and learning those boundaries and like setting those boundaries and being firm.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how we have like a lot of these unconscious behaviors. I find myself into those too, where it's like you, maybe that comes down to my, uh, like people pleasing type of tendencies where you automatically feel obligated that if somebody presents an an opportunity to you that you need to do it in order to make them happy. That has been a lot of my learning, especially in 20, uh, 2021, which is, you know, learning that those boundaries, that my needs matter and that it's okay to say no to something that you don't feel entirely invested in doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a difficult exactly. thing for somebody like me because of uh, the sort of upbringing that we've been so, I guess, programmed to accommodate, which is wanting to make sure that everybody's okay, even at the cost right. of my own happiness. Or my own needs. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I learned, of course, in 2021 is that my needs matter. And what I want matters. And if I don't want to fucking do it, then I shouldn't have to do it. Nothing right. against them. But self-care yeah. is something that I think needs to be observed. Yes, New Year's was really interesting. And, and it was, I remember around uh, only 11.30 p.m., Um, that evening, having this thought in my mind, which is like why everybody goes through this sort of interesting, intimate, and sensitive, they, they access this intimate and sensitive space within themselves a little bit before it hits midnight on New Year's, where everybody just starts maybe all collectively looking up into the sky or, or or looking at their loved ones with this this depth that you don't normally see throughout the year where this like uh, vulnerability comes. There, there's something about New Year's where everybody collectively has the same conversation, which is you're remembering who you were in 2021 because you know that with the advent of 2022, it's going to become a new opportunity to be someone entirely new. But in order to experience that 2022, you have to almost let go you feel like you're letting go of something that you'd grab grasped onto so, so hard, you know? So it's yeah. like this collective thing that happens. It's really, really beautiful where we're all letting go of a year together. And that involves us going into introspection and thinking about all the things that we have to be grateful for, but all the things that we're also letting go of. You know, another thing that I learned as far as what I talked about accepting change is I learned a lot about, and this is this may sound somewhat trivial, but, you know, accepting change through my cat's health issues. It reminds me of like Buddha when he was uh, venturing outside of the city walls. And Buddha had never ever seen anything other than royalty his entire life, ends up going outside and he ends up seeing an old man, just this like rickety sort of like fragile old man walking across the way. And that scared the shit out of him, but also surprised him too, because he'd never seen that before. And because he was able to see that old man, he was faced with his own mortality, he started asking those questions like, well, what is life if it's not permanent? The the inevitability of change came into Buddha's field once we saw this old man. He started becoming more interested in the truth of how everything works. My cat was a perfect example of that. This animal that you, and this, could, this could, could apply to anybody that has an animal or anybody that they have in their life. You just automatically assume that they're always going to be in your life in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, my cat's been in my life for over 10 years. And this may be sound trivial to people that don't have animals, but if you've spent a time with your animal, believe me, you will think of it as a, think of it as a fucking person. And yeah. so this idea that like this animal, because my cat had survived death twice in 2021, and I was able to witness her dying, but also witnessing her surviving that and living. That helped me face also my own mortality, but also really, really unbelievable lesson of how things in life aren't permanent and yeah. change is inevitable. So that was like a really, really, really difficult time. But it, it's stuff like that when we're faced with real life shit, somebody passing away or an animal passing away, mm-hmm. it breaks us out of this sort of uh, egoic state that we end up finding ourselves in and uh, places us in this field of like sincerity. You'd be really, really honest with yourself when you're faced with losing somebody else.
0: And oh, another sure. part of
1: this change was accepting the current spiritual landscape. This is a really, really important one, Jen, accepting the mm-hmm. current spiritual landscape. I had this conversation with somebody a little while ago. In 2012, 2013, we're obviously not talking about 2021, but I'm talking about the new age spiritual landscape leading up to today is very different. <clears throat> Back during those times, you had leaders, Marion Williamson, Eckhart Tolle, Neil Donald Walsh. Like you had a lot of these prolific leaders that were sort of manning the ship with this whole spiritual thing. And that was a beautiful thing. I'm noticing that we don't have that so much now. Mm -hmm. And there is this thought that came from my ego in the midst of this whole global pandemic thing, which is like, you know, we need a leader. We need a leader like Alan Watts. We need a leader like Osho. Like what is the leader for our time that we're currently in? that is going to push our sort of spiritual community forward. Because with so much despair happening in the world, both spiritually and politically, there's just so much craziness going on. I'm hearing my ego come out and say like, you know what, we need a leader that can help us navigate through this process. Because when you go online, you see where the spiritual community has gone through social media, through our our interactions with other people in the space. And to be quite honest, it's not a direction that I had ever anticipated it going. Because you have a lot of ego that is being placed into the fabric of what used to be or what seemed to be a more sacred type of thing. So you have spiritual narcissism, you have uh, spiritual bypassing, and these are things that are taking the bulk of the attention, especially on social media. So I had this thought come in, like, where's the leader? And I started thinking to myself, well, we're in a period of change where we don't need a leader. Maybe mm-hmm. that is the, the the acceptance of change that I needed to come to, is that we're at sort of like this period of understanding with spirituality now where we don't even need a guru anymore. All of the lessons that we need to learn are available to us online, through books, through other people. And I had to put my ego in check because I realized that like that whole era of guru student relationships is over. It's because over. it's mm-hmm. completely over, right? Because we have all of the tools yeah. in order to, you know, become radically independent with our spirituality. Of course, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't create community. But when my ego comes right. in and says, you know, where where is the Marian Williamson's at? Where are the Alan Watts's at? And I had to like check myself and realize, you know what? All of us are those people. They're all of there. us.
0: All you have to do is a simple Google search or start looking on YouTube. I mean, there's thousands of people that are out there spreading, you know, spiritual goodness.
1: Spiritual goodness and you so, have to you know,
0: we're all I mean, we're all leaders. There's so many, so many leaders in this space now.
1: And you have to you have to navigate through what resonates with you and what doesn't. And that's one thing that I had to learn, which is like you can go online and you can find a lot of stuff that doesn't fit within that sort of like spiritual box that you're in and a lot of stuff that does. And I don't want to put spirituality into a box, but I'm just talking about weeding through sort of trivialized fast food version of spirituality. And this may come across as right. a, a bit judgmental, and I don't mean it to be a bit judgmental, but the truth is there are a lot of, whenever you place a radical independence into the realm of spirituality, you're going to have a lot of ego inevitably make its way into that whole thing. And you need to work through that and you need to, to find what resonates and what doesn't. And so that has been a really big practice for me, which is, you know, accepting my own spirituality and accepting myself as my own student and teacher relationship and letting go of this sort of idea that there needs to be a leader.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that. i have here lately, the last like couple months I've been really into YouTube tarot card readers. There's so many, oh, oh my God, there's so many of them and yeah. so many really good ones too. And uh, they all say the same thing. You know, They all start their videos with like, oh, you know, this is a, a general read for the sign of Aquarius, you know, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. You know, and uh, it's funny they all say the same thing, and it's also true. I feel like you know you're still divinely guided to hear some message if you're being brought to that specific video by that specific person at that time. That there's a message in there for you.
1: Yeah, and you'll know you'll know if ego's there or there isn't. You know, if you're being honest and sincere Mm -hmm. about your practice, you'll know when someone's just blowing smoke out their ass. You know what I mean? And you'll know what resonates with you. So yeah, what are the ones you got, Jen?
0: This one is. You know, this one really kind of hit home with me because I've made a lot of changes this year too. Um, and it's, uh, more gratitude and not taking things for granted and the things, the basic needs in life, uh, that I took for granted before, like having gainful employment and housing and transportation, (laughs) you know, um. A lot of those, I was in transition with a lot of those aspects this year, right? You know, changed jobs, took a job for significantly less money. When I changed jobs, I lost my car. So for the last six months, I haven't had a car. With the chip shortage, it's been incredibly hard to purchase a car because everything is so expensive. Even used cars are like the price of new cars now. So just in living in in LA and moving to a different destination, like just through COVID and seeing all the restaurants that closed down and small businesses that will never reopen. And uh, all of the tents set up, people homeless, unhoused, you know, on the streets, everywhere. Numbers that I could have never fathomed or imagined that I would ever see. So uh, yeah, just seeing that kind of stuff and seeing how real it is really puts it into perspective how, I I don't wanna say lucky, but how grateful we should be for everything that we have in our life.
1: I love that. It's like even the, the simple things. There's so many like luxuries yes, that we had before, things. prior to the pandemic, where it was so easy to overlook the simple things in life that we would normally take for granted. And once those sort of uh, more trivial things were taken away from us, say you're somebody that liked to go to, to clubs and party, you're always out at festivals, you didn't really spend a lot of time at home, or even with time with people that you actually really cared about. The pandemic sort of like forced us into this position of being alone with ourselves more, with people that matter. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like there's a, there's a realness and a, rawness to it that creates this contrast that's so unbelievably huge and so unbelievably different than what we were used to and so the simple things become a lot more i find myself appreciating them as so much more because you see all of this despair out there you see people dying of a virus you see the sort of socio and economic issues that are out there in the world you start thinking back at your life and being so grateful for it, even the little things that you have and this is I think this is the reason why the last few podcasts i've been Really, really treading into uh, what I would consider like Zen Buddhism, which is like becoming more conscious and aware of the simple things and realizing how much power and how much beauty is in recognizing those simple things that we tend to take for granted. Now, when I wake up in the morning, I feel yeah. so grateful that I have a place to live, that I have the ability to eat, that I have family, animals, I have a sanctuary and a space to call my own because there are so many people out there. They don't have
0: that. That's so true. Yeah. Just basic necessities. And I actually split that into two, right? Like being grateful for super basic necessities and then also being grateful for um, the small the small pleasures in life. Uh, And that's something that we talked about on another podcast. Like when you wake up and have your coffee or tea in the morning and just like really being present with that and enjoying that time uh, of transition as you wake up and, you know, the aromas and the flavors of the tea or coffee and just like really being present with that. So, uh, yeah, that was a separate number on my list, but, uh, certainly two things, you know, it's uh, like two major things that I'm,
1: it makes me think of like there's a, the difference between aloneness and being lonely. The lonely is just sort of like this feeling of missing out. It's like that ultimate FOMO. But then there's this other thing that Osho likes to talk about, which is aloneness. Aloneness, which is like uh resting within, you know, the comfort of your own beingness, which is being completely content with just being alone, being comfortable with who you are. And I think uh the the pandemic has influenced that in me, where you were sort of forced to spend more time with yourself. And because everybody kind of collectively was going through the same thing, I'm noticing this probably Uh, this is how this impacted you too, Jen, which is like your relationships become more meaningful in the face of something so intense, like a pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. because no longer are you having maybe superficial conversations about this or that. Now you're, you're all in the same playing field. You're all have the same sort of threat of potentially being hurt by this thing that's going around. So there's this honesty and this sincerity that you hear in people's voices. Like we can no longer pretend anymore. So there's this feeling of like, okay, well, let's be real because we're we're in a, a situation that really, really calls for us to really, really be real and stop fucking around and stop pretending. So I noticing that my relationships became a lot more meaningful because we're all going through this, through this together, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny looking on social media and uh, with acquaintances of mine that, that I just like knew through other people and um, looking at the activities that they're participating in and, you know, what they're doing now. It further divided the gap between my interest in having a continuing a relationship with those, those people. That's like, I just was able to see on the outside that I was like no longer aligned with that person. And it was totally okay to never talk to them again. And I feel totally fine, totally fine with that decision where, you know, maybe last year or the year before I would have felt, you know, like, oh no, you know, I need to be friends with everyone. I need to maintain all these relationships. And I just don't feel the desire to do that.
1: It seems like the contrasts that are happening in life are are so much stronger and so much more apparent, talking about like the polarities between sort of light and Mm -hmm. shadow. And things seem to be so unbelievably divided right now in so many different ways. And not that you Mm -hmm. have to pick a side, but the fact that you can see these polarities both happening in such a stark contrast to each other, it allows you to, if you're practicing awareness, to see both of those things working and deciding not Mm -hmm. to participate or interact with them, and I think that we would call yeah. that sort of like awareness. And that was uh, one of my things that I had learned, which is accepting the contrasts and the polarities in life. In the yeah. Tao Te Ching, which was written by Lao Tzu, and he um, wrote the Tao Te Ching, it's about Zen Buddhism. He talks a lot about contrasts in life, which have to be in order for life to exist. So, and, and contrast exists as a system which allows us to awaken from the polarity of opposites, and we're seeing that. Surround, we're surrounded by that all the time. You have our political system is a perfect example. You have Democrats, you have Republicans, you have vaxxers, you have anti-vaxxers, you have good, you have evil. There are so many different things pointing to these stark contrasts and polarities that are happening in the world. And they are so unbelievably apparent that it makes it one of the most potent lessons that you can learn when practicing awareness because you're able to see both sides without engaging, without getting lost in this sort of, you either choose one or the other, you'll also be able to overcome this feeling of uh, judgment, this feeling of uh, feeling obligated to participate. Because I feel like it's in exploring these polarities that we have the opportunity to awaken to God and the meaning behind life. And Zen is all about this sort of uh, art of non-doing. And the way that we get to this process of being present in awareness is by acknowledging that there are these polarities that are happening and not participating, not even wanting to push them away. Because it's so easy right now, right? So there's so much polarity that it becomes easy to choose a side, becomes so easy to start a fight with somebody else. When we're practicing awareness, at least from the Zen Buddhist perspective, you're able to see all of those things. You're able to see how the ego wants to grasp a hold of these things and participate in the chaos. And instead of participating, you just observe it and you rest within your own peace and realize that Mm -hmm. these things that are happening are not you. They're not fundamentally you because they're not, yeah. their basis is not love. You know, the one thing I noticed too is because we, this whole thing, we're talking about being alone and you spending a lot more time alone, how important it became to create a sacred space in our homes because we spend so much time mm-hmm. there now. And maybe that is Absolutely. the reason why I became so fascinated with plants because I fucking love having plants in my home. And a large part of it has to do with me wanting to spend more time, liking spending more time at home surrounded by a fucking forest of plants. And it feels good.
0: I love plants. Yeah, it does. I feel like my allergies are better with all these plants around too. Really? Just the air feels cleaner. Yeah.
1: But yeah, spending more time in a space that feels good, which is, you know, investing into your own sacred space because obviously we spend a lot more time there. But yeah, a big lesson for me has been accepting the contrasts and polarities in life. Basically just change it, just not not trying to participate, not trying to get so engaged and wrapped up in the drama and just uh, accepting that these things need to exist for you and I both to awaken to spirit. They have to. How else are you going to do it? So what other things you got, Jen?
0: All right. Um, this one is about living with less. I feel like the last in 2021, I lived with a lot less than I had before. Less money, you know, less uh, relationships, less traveling, less everything. And I really liked it. Uh, there's something to be said about keeping your backpack light and, you know, being nimble. And I don't want to say that I live minimalist because I don't. But living was significantly less and being actually happier.
1: Pretty soon you're going to end up buying a Sprinter van. And you're going to take to the van you know, life. And you're going to be a photographer taking pictures of mountains and shit.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know <laughs> that I'll ever get there. But, uh, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about whenever I lived in a small apartment, right, and how cozy that felt and how easy it was to keep clean and how I had so much extra money to travel and to go to school and learn and do other things. I just felt like I I didn't really need that much, you know, and now I'm kind of circling back to that because as you get older, I think that the pressures of society and the pressures that you put on yourself and the expectations that you put on yourself, like, oh, I'm 40, I should, you know, have the white picket fence and 2.5 children and be married and have a house. I feel less, I feel less inclined to have all those things and to kind of, to mold myself into what society wants me to be or thinks I should be. Like being a mother, you know, I've never really had a desire to have children. I'm not saying that having children is bad or, you know, there's, it's just not for me. And, uh, and I feel, I feel okay with that, you know, and I feel okay with the shame Mm -hmm. that, uh, that other people like, you know, Other women specifically will kind of shame you if you don't have children and kind of treat you like, you know, you don't understand what it is to love until you have a child, um, which I'm sure there's a lot of truth to that. And I know that we as women are put here to procreate. I get that, but I don't think it's for everyone. And I think it's okay to admit that if that's not for you,
1: it's okay. So it's kind of like
0: two in one.
1: I'm sure, to get into that whole spiritual thing. You start to notice that those are all just projections. Those other mm-hmm. people projecting what they feel is the, the the best thing for the life in which they they live. We just assume because it's what works for them that it'll work for somebody else. You know, and I try to think of like what what percentage of this has to do with how we grew up. Our parents teach us what they know about life. And we assume when when we're young that they know what's going on and then we approach a certain age when we, maybe we're in your 30s or your 40s where you're at the emotional and mental capacity of your parents and you realize like, hey, they don't really know as much as you think. But as a child, it's common for us to stereotype ourselves into, let's just say groups. We do this as adults. We want to fit in, you know, see where we belong. So we go, we go into what, what I was talking about before, the, the polarities of life. We go and explore pleasure, we explore pain, we explore goodness, we explore sorrow until one day we see through the illusion of all of it and realize that we don't belong specifically to any one of these things. When we choose a side, at least from my experience, we tend to isolate ourselves from the opposing side. What I'm talking about is just engaging in sort of like a polarity, something that causes us to create division between other people. I think for me, I realized is that I don't belong any specific place because I feel like from the spiritual perspective, we belong everywhere. And I think that we needed to go down this path of trying to fit in to all these different things, to trying to make all these different other people happy, we needed to go through all of that in order to realize that we didn't need any of it. I think that's what the spiritual path is, is realizing that in order to awaken to self, we needed to play this game for a while. We needed to go through this process of not remembering who we are or pretending that we didn't know who we are until one day we woke up and realized that all of this was a game and that we were taking it too seriously and we needed to go through all of it in order to be able to give it all up. And I think because once we give it all up, that's when you get everything back. That's when you receive the beauty and that, that sort of spiritual realm becomes available to you. Is when you're not so involved in the division and the polarity of life, now you're just accepting all of it as part of like the game, as part of like the whole drama. And that's what makes it easier to step away from it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the things, things that you have in your life don't define who you are. You know, it's True. about your experiences, your relationships, everything else is just things. And I have actually have done a lot of decluttering as far as like the way that I decorate and the way that my house looks. Everything, every piece of furniture, every photo, every knickknack, every plant, every single thing that you have in your home stores energy and it really does affect you and uh, uh, affect your uh, the energy and, that is flowing through your home like the chi that's coming through your front door and flowing through your home so uh, i've gotten rid of a lot of things that just things, you know. I was like, I don't need this. Got yeah. rid of it. And surprisingly, my house feels much more peaceful, like more of like church like. That's
1: like a really, really good example of a, of uh, what we're talking about here is you're letting you're okay with letting those things go because you're no longer identified to those things. You're going from a very specific focus to almost like a, a more universal sense of self that like you're you're no longer identified with objects because you are now becoming the subject. Yeah. Like you are completely exactly. completely content with just being within the piece of your own being. You're no longer projecting your consciousness outwards and saying like, okay, I need these things in order to be whole. And I've mm-hmm. gone through that too, where it's like you 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 know, you just assume you need all these things because everybody around you has all this shit. But then you realize once you have those things, it doesn't make you any happier or any more mm-hmm. whole. And once I let go of those things, I'm not talking about being like an ascetic living in the mountains or something, but there's there's a the moderate amount of things that you need in order to survive and actually to be happy. We can get by with a lot less than we think, you know?
0: A lot less. <laughs> Yeah. Significantly less, actually.
1: Feels good. So, yeah, it, and it's like a yeah. big, really good yes. example of how you're sort of like uh cleaning through your own spiritual house too, because it's like you you you're creating open space. I imagine that's because you are creating that space inside of your mind too. It's no longer cluttered with things mm-hmm. because your mind isn't cluttered with things.
0: Absolutely. And here's a little here's a little sidebar feng shui tip for. Anybody that's interested in the new year is um, a good way to get the good chi flowing through your home is to declutter your entryway. So if you have like maybe a a table there that kind of catches your keys and change and shoes and all that stuff, um, clean that out. Clean it out, remove it so there's nothing in your entryway. And then also sweep your front porch, put some plants out there, make it nice, you know, and inviting. And that will, uh, it's an auspicious way to invite good chi into your home Oh, a the good chi flows through your front door.
1: That's such a perfect word to use, Jen, auspicious. Auspicious. I love that.
0: <clears throat> Even painting your um, front door red because red is an auspicious color too.
1: Oh, I like that too. That's a good one. That's a good tip. I want to go a little deep here, Jen. This is a little deep, deep sauce, because this one is really, very important to me. And this comes from my own sort of like spiritual archive that I want to explore here for a moment. One thing that I definitely learned, I've continued to learn, but something that kind of became a lot more apparent in 2021, which is understanding God as an experience and not as a concept.
0: I like that one.
1: And the one thing that I'm realizing as I go deeper into my own spiritual practice is the more I experience God through action, the less I feel compelled to communicate about God through words. Because like I'm that. starting to a, notice and, and, and really existentially feel God as an experience. And I was thinking about this the other day. Is like, why is it that we have such a difficult time trying to explain or define love or define God? We can try our best. But even the greatest explanations of God or love don't seem to quite get at it. Right? It reminds me of this mm-hmm. sort of Zen quote, which is, you know, the finger pointing to mo- the finger pointing to the moon still ends not the moon. We can come close, but we can never, ever, ever define clearly what God or love is. And that's because we're leaving the burden of responsibility on our ego to explain an ex- something that can only be experienced through action. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, a really powerful point. sort of teaching, at least for me, because the more I realize that I can't define God through words, the less inclined I feel to spend all of my time trying to explain the feeling. And what ends up happening is I end up finding myself more absorbed in the present moment, more absorbed with what I'm doing. I feel less compelled to find the words to uh, explain what it is that I'm feeling in terms of God. So I'm understanding God through myself, how I love, how I love others, realizing that I'm not separate from everything, that I'm a part of everything, Mm -hmm. and realizing that you cannot conceptualize an experience of God while having the experience of God. Because in Mm -hmm. order to define God, we must split ourselves into two. There has to be an experiencer and that which is experienced. And there has to be a subject and object relationship. You cannot define an experience in which you are actually part of, that you are the subject. You can only experience it. Otherwise, it becomes intellectual. So what I'm trying to say is that you can't accurately explain God while you yourself are having the experience of God. You can only experience it. You can only actively experience love through your associations with other people. You can only actively experience God through your associations with other people. And if you find yourself trying to define God, automatically it places you into the realm of ego because you are approaching it from the vantage point that you are separate from that, and you aren't separate from that. So anytime I feel like we end up... Posing the question automatically that should show you that you're coming from ego. The only thing that you can do is just be that. The only thing that you can do is just be God. The second we identify that we are enlightened, the ego wants to identify that enlightenment as its own. And so Mm -hmm. enlightenment becomes another sort of egoic endeavor, right? So the best thing that you can do is to just be that experience and not get too intellectually involved in trying to identify what enlightenment is. Because the second you do that, the ego wants to personify and make it its own. So the best thing that you can do is just... Be love, and 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 fully immerse yourself in the experience of doing something really simple, like making a fucking cup of tea or loving somebody. You know.
0: Uh, to sum it all up, it's like you don't need to talk about it; just be about it. Exactly. Right.
1: Exactly. See, I'm over here making it all complicated, but you know what? You summed it up perfectly, Jen. <laughs> God is not That's a concept; it is it is an experience.
0: All right, so we're we're getting close to time, but so I'm gonna just shift through this and um, kind of go down to the end of my list and talk about one that I think is, is really important. Right. And it is the importance of being tech savvy. And I know this sounds kind of lame, What? but, um, I,
1: didn't see that I was one never
0: really a, a super tech savvy person. Um, but twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one really forced me to be more tech savvy and uh learn how to operate a bunch of things. I mean, you know me. Anytime I'm trying to set up for the podcast, everything's going wrong. You <laughs> have to go through all my settings and help me set everything up. But is this um, thing on? I, is this thing on well, does it why isn't this working? I'm calling you on the phone like <laughs> my screen's black. I don't know what's going on.
1: Your microphone's missing, and, Jen. You're talking into your yeah, hand.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You're like, Well, did you plug it in? So, <laughs> so, you're supposed yeah, to wear your uh, headphones
1: on your ears, Jen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's the the importance of being tech savvy, and now everything I do is is pretty much remote. I mean, I do go to my clinics in person, but the majority of my job, I'd say it's like ninety percent of it is remote. Yeah. So, and we're really moving into. I mean, we've already been there for a while, really, with the invention of the internet and all of the internet-based businesses, and and. Shopping has moved to the internet, and brick and mortar stores are going away. Just all of those things. I mean, we're trans we're transitioning into such a digital age where everything is going to be digital. There's digital real estate now. Oh yeah. There's <laughs> I mean, NFTs, uh, crypto NFTs. I mean, all of these things. It's this is the future, and I know people feel uncomfortable about it now, but it's not going away.
1: And those people that are like more naturalist and they're like, no, no, this whole this whole shit is fucking the apocalypse is going to like this sort of see it as a sign of the times. But I'm like, you know what? If all is God, I'm going to really, really sit with the fact that there, there is nothing that happens in life that isn't moderated by God. There has to be some trajectory. Mm-hmm. There has to be some reason why we're going through these things. And if ultimately it ends, ends up with us blowing ourselves up, then hey, that's what's supposed to happen in the Kali Yuga sort of period of time. Right. And that doesn't seem too detrimental of a thing if you're somebody that believes in reincarnation like me. It's like, okay, we can come back and do this a million times. But the fact that it even exists to me shows that there's got to be a reason why God wants us to go through this path, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of move with the punches. I'm not one of those people that's like, no, all this technology is bullshit. You know, of course, practice everything in moderation. I'm more about balance, you know. But yeah, I see that it's going in that direction. You have all these different know, cryptocurrency, NFTs, all these things that weren't in the picture at all in the early 2000s. I mean, they weren't a part of my life back then. Now they are. We've just had to adjust.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a direction we're headed. And you can be, you can resist if you want, but you're going to get left behind. So yeah, just the importance of being more open minded and kind of going with the flow and the transition of where we're all headed.
1: It's a crazy thing to think, right? Like you literally yeah. are almost forced to have a smartphone. You have one. You have to have one.
0: Oh. Yeah. You know. And it has to be up to date. I mean, you can't even have an iPhone 6 anymore because they don't make updates for them anymore. So yeah. it like forces you to stay up to date and to get the newest phone and the newest technology. Yeah. So
1: there was something that I I yeah. uh, listened to, uh, it was a snippet, it was a uh, A clip from the Joe Rogan podcast, and I can't remember who it is that he was talking to, but they were talking about like Apple deliberately created this sort of process where once they come out with a new phone, something happens with the old phones to where they start operating so much slower and you're almost forced to upgrade. Like they stop developing the software for it or maybe the speed Mm -hmm. from which the, the new technology has to go, the old phones can't go. So that's like you have to constantly, constantly be up to date with their technology. You
0: do. That's a real thing. That is not just a rumor.
1: Like, oh, I know because I
0: just got a new phone and I had an iPhone 8 and it, that was already happening. Really? I mean, just like all of a sudden it the slows down? Anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it would be really glitchy and it would only work like half, 50% of the time. I mean, it was also old, so there was that too, but I had to cave and get a new phone.
1: Yeah. Well, here's to becoming more. It was hard giving
0: up that middle button, but Here, now I'm happy I did.
1: Here's to becoming more tech savvy, Jen. That's a good. I think that's a good skill to have, especially if we're doing a podcast too. You know, other other things, and I'll go through mine really, really quick. Which is, you know, establishing strict boundaries. Right. And That's something that I think that you kind of brought up. One of those things that I ended up learning a lot in 2021, which is the art of healthy disagreements. Right. Mm, and that one. was one thing that I've always had difficulty with because of that sort of uh, maybe that that more shadow side of my codependent personality, or uh, that sort of people pleasing type of. Um, but part of my personality that I've been trying to overcome from my youth, which is you know, taking control of my emotional well-being by not falling into these uh, situations where I always feel like I have to agree with people. Now, I'm not one of those people that just agrees with everybody. Like when, I, when I'm having a conversation with someone and I know 100% that what they're talking about is bullshit or I don't agree with it, like I will voice my opinion. But when it comes to like mm-hmm. my own needs, like something where I feel like there's an injustice there, it was always difficult to speak up about it. And it was also to yeah. always difficult to also disagree with somebody in like a healthy way. And so I feel like this year, or this last year, I've really had to practice that, which yeah. is like holding true to my, my boundaries, understanding that my needs matter, being vigilant about what I will and what I won't allow in my space, and you know, yeah. taking control over my emotional well-being and understanding that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that.
0: That's yeah. a really hard thing to master too. So good for you for... You know what though, Jen? I'll be
1: honest with you. I feel like you did talk. You did teach me. You did teach me a lot of that too. Oh, because nice. you can kind of be a hard ass when you need to be. You know what I mean?
0: I'm not a hard ass. I'm just really <laughs> direct. You're what? <laughs> I am. Like if you're, I'm very direct. Like if you're, yeah. And all of my girlfriends know that too. Uh, they don't come to me to complain about you know their relationship problems that I've already given them advice on a hundred fucking times. Yeah. Because uh, they know that my advice is going to be. Uh, honest and direct. I'm not yeah. going to be like, oh girl, he's just scared. No, I'm like, he's got someone else. It's time for you to move on. He's showing you that he's not interested in you. You have to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for somebody to sugarcoat it, I'm not your guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. But And you've had to say that yeah. the exact same thing to me several times last year. And that mm-hmm. was a hard truth. That was like some tough love. And I'm just looking at it's it from like love. a highly empathetic sort of perspective. I mean, that was diametrically opposite to you know, how I saw things, like you were just very direct and you were like, look, this is, this is how it is. And I had to accept that. <laughs> or I had to, you know, ignore that and continue making the same mistake over and over and over again. But mm-hmm. that strength that I feel like you embody and being direct is, you know, more to the point. And I think that's really important for somebody like me because I tend to romanticize things. I tend to over-intellectualize certain things and uh, try and find the meaning in every little, every little specific thing that I lose track of the big scope of something, especially when it comes feature. to relationships, you know? Yeah. And so uh, not overcomplicating things and just accepting something for what it is, for really, really paying attention. The truth is there. I think this, uh, this want and need to try and find the, or over-intellectualize, just speaks to an avoidance of the inevitable. You
0: yeah, know? I'd agree with that. Yeah. So what I else to really do you have on your list?
1: Uh, just learning that my needs matter, you know. Um, I think for a long time my worth was determined by what others thought about me, and this isn't something mm-hmm. that I just learned in 2021. These are ongoing practices, but there are certain situations that happen throughout life that make these lessons a lot more apparent. Is is uh, mm-hmm. learning that my needs matter and my opinion matters, and what I need for myself as far as like my own uh, practice really, really matters and not to worry so much about what other people think about my life, Mm -hmm. what it is that I do and understanding that people don't have to agree with me and people don't have to um, believe what you believe in as long as it feels right and true to you and it feels right to you. How can that be wrong?
0: I think there's a lesson in in not seeking validation from others in that as well. And that's something that I really struggled with too was I always felt like I needed the approval of everyone um, and that has certainly shifted.
1: So the last one I have to wrap this up is just the importance of family and healthy relationships, which I think we kind of touched on um, throughout the pod, you know, and just some of the notes that I have here, which are basically just saying, you know, that we have a moral and spiritual obligation to cultivate the life in which we know to be true every single day, whether beautiful, magical, simple, honest, and loving. If you're somebody that sees life in a magical way, you have... A moral and spiritual obligation to yourself to cultivate that every single day, and there are going to be people totally out there that, that. there are people out there that are going to make you feel like that that magic doesn't exist. But if it feels true to you, then it's real, and we have a, an obligation, we have a responsibility to continue cultivating that that beautiful magical life. There's nothing out there that is ever going to convince me that life isn't beautiful, and even though there are so many other forces out there that are trying that are trying every single day to convince you that that magic doesn't exist, it does if it It is real for you. So I think surrounding yourselves with people that experience that same beauty that we experience is important.
0: You know, that reminds me of, I'm going to tell a quick story and I know it's at the end, but um, so I just bought a car like two days ago and um, it's been really hard to, really hard. Number one, to find, you know, exactly what I was looking for within a reasonable price because of the microchip shortage and everything is so expensive. And uh, anyway, X, Y, and Z. So, uh, I go to the dealership and, uh, I contacted them about a, a car that I saw online and I showed up and the guy that was showing me the car, um, we hopped into the golf cart and he was going to drive me over cause it was in a different lot. And, uh, he said, well, how was your day? I said, you know what? My day's great. And I was like, how's your day? And he said, every day is great. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I totally fucking agree with that. And he said, every day is a choice and you choose to make it a good day or you choose to make it a bad day. And I always choose to make it a good day. I was like, you know what? So do I. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I was like, I was supposed to meet you. Like this is, this is manifestation at its finest, right? Like, You're you know what? You're like, you know what?
1: Uh, as, like, you yeah, know what? I will buy start, that car from you, sir. I will buy that car yeah, from you.
0: Sure <laughs> well. Sure will. Yeah, it was it was absolutely perfect because I was working another deal with a different car salesman who was like totally schmarmy and just like I, I just got like a bad vibe from him from the very beginning. Yeah, and then um, I actually found this other car which was exactly what I wanted and to buy it from a guy that I felt like really deserved the sale.
1: So, oh, nice! Yeah,
0: you start vibrating at a higher level and you start attracting those people to you, and you know we're all that's what just it's all a, about.
1: That's what it's all about. You attract more bees with honey. As, if, as long as you're remaining true to the, own, the, the the love that you have, it'll get you a lot farther most of the time, you know? Especially For when you surround yourself with people that see that's, that sort of magic. You know, it's unbelievable how beautiful life becomes uh, when you share it with someone that experiences the same beauty that you experience. You can always trust that, like, when you look at a sunset and you say, man, that is a beautiful fucking sunset, that that person next to you is going to see the exact same thing. They're not going to try and tell you, like, oh, that doesn't look, It's all right. It's like, no, no. When you share life with somebody that sees the same beauty that you see, that world that you're trying to cultivate in your life becomes so much more real. It's like when you can trust that when you wake up in the morning that that person is going to love you the same way that they loved you the day before is really fucking awesome feeling to have. Because It is. It's just reinforcing this, this, this belief and this feeling that God exists and that love exists and that magic exists. And I think surrounding yourself with people that see that is fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. And the more that you see that, the more that you attract people who also see that. Yeah. And then it just becomes easier and easier and easier to live in, in that space.
1: Exactly. And then you yeah, get this really weird feeling. You get this really weird feeling that you have this little palcod god sitting next to you all the time. You know? It's mm-hmm. interesting how it, you know, when you experience love with somebody, it doesn't have to be it can be a friend or it could be a, a partner. It becomes unbelievably clear that God exists. Yeah. So those are good ones. Those are really, really good ones, Jen. I'm glad that we were able to share some of those things. There are a lot of things, really important things. We'll get to go into 2022 with uh, sort of a a new perspective and we'll we'll see what the future holds for us or we'll see what the present moment holds for us, not the future. None of this past or future shit. We're going to see what the present moment holds for you and I and just in our lives. There's a lot of change happening, a lot of good change. Got to keep our heads in the game, be positive, Apologize everybody for uh, falling off the boat for a couple weeks, but hey, you know what? The holidays are really important. We want to spend time with our families, but also wanted to make sure that we took care of ourselves while we were, well, at least I was exploring the many dynamics of being sick and recovering from that. <laughs> being born yeah. again a new person, you know? You know what I mean? Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to Divine Nobody's Podcast. Welcome to 2022. We appreciate all of you guys. Thank you for remaining with us, especially throughout the last couple of years. We're gonna get through this new one together and experience this new world together. Who knows? The aliens might show up. They might be on their way. Just okay, maybe the year it happens.
0: Waiting you know? patiently.
1: Waiting That's patiently. I live in
0: Nevada in the desert. Yeah. yeah. Waiting.
1: Uh, you have to. They're gonna happen. They're gonna. They're gonna. You're gonna see them there. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Find our episodes on uh, YouTube as well. If you go into the description, you can. Um, Find the the video portion of the episodes. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at uh, at gmail.com. Please leave a like and uh, actually a review. One thing that I heard is that Spotify does reviews now. So if you guys listen on Spotify, definitely give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. You could also do that on Apple Podcasts. And uh, follow us on Instagram. We post some content on there. And uh, until next time, friends, thank you guys all for tuning in. We'll see each other soon. Namaste.
0: Namaste, friends.